Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie, but I'm very confused about this episode. It was, it was almost, what's that word we use? Um, Good? I mean, we haven't really used it in a while, but it seemed like that. But oh, last, I could be... last week, we had a, it was almost good last week. Yeah. And this, I, this is similar, I would say, in a lot of ways. Maybe even better. Maybe. Maybe. Dep- depending on how you weigh certain factors. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show uh, for only $2 a month. You gain access to all of our bonus material, a bunch of bonus podcasts, dozens, if not hundreds of them at this point. Um, we have some people to thank, Matthew. Ooh, okay. First, Sean Taylor. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. And Lauren Gucci. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. This week's episode is Sleeping with the Enemy, episode FABF19, originally aired November 21st, 2004, written by John Vitti, which is this is his last episode that he ever wrote, uh, directed by Lauren McMullen, the last episode she ever directed. Wow. At least they went on a fairly high note. Yeah. Um, receiving a 5.9 rating with approximately 9.95 million viewers. The couch gag, Simpsons run in, couch is missing. A few seconds later, the couch falls on them. Smushes them. They get smushed, Matt. Squish, squish. That's that, what you hear about the Simpsons. That's not, okay, don't, that's not, that's not what I, not what I wanted, but. Oh, okay, sorry, thanks, my bad. Thanks for trying. Squelch, squelch, is that no, better? No, stop. What are you doing? Don't do that in a row. I don't like that. Whatever it is, I don't like, I don't enjoy that. Episode begins with Lisa at the, play, at the playground. With uh, with the other girls, or me? Is it just twins? Sherry and Terry. Be mean turn this episode. Yes, it should no, but it's only who the other. There is Sherry and Terry. Is there any other girl there? Is it Janie's there too? Maybe I don't believe so. No, is it just, I remember it's Sherry just Terry. Sherry and Terry? It doesn't matter. Lisa makes a like a ridiculously complicated hopscotch course, and in they the while well, when she is preparing to run it. I guess they make they start making fun of her butt about the size of her butt. They say she has a big butt, and Lisa, of course, is upset by this. Groundskeeper Willie tries to defend her. Does a poor job, as does most men when trying to do help with something like that. If I was going to pick any man to do this, it would not be Groundskeeper Willie. He is that the, is true the opposite of helpful. So I could think of worse, but not much. Yeah, it's he's not. He's like basically any man in Simpsons would be bad at this. Mr. Bergstrom. Maybe Smithers would be okay. Mr. Bergstrom, if he was here, Matt. Well, yeah, I'm talking about a regular character. Uh, well, of course, they're all miscreants and dysfunctional monsters. So, of course, uh-huh. we can't have that. So, Lisa's upset. She goes home. She goes to Homer to talk it out. Dad, the kids at school said my butt's big. That's ridiculous, honey. You're the cutest little girl I know. You just have what is known as the Simpson butt. Permit me to elaborate. Every Simpson starts with a circle. Daddy has one big circle here, then a smaller one up here. Two big sexy circles for eyes. One macho muzzle, and a snappy new outfit. Ooh, I'm looking good. Ooh, cups. Yeah. And for some reason, my hair and ear form an M and a G. Party, 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 party! Hmm? You want to know a little trick? 
to downsize my derriere, I just tie a sweater around it. See? <sighs> oh, Homer, you're wasting away to nothing. You simply must eat something. Oh, well, you're the boss. Oh, I love to see my man eat. <laughs> so Homer tries, man. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he does his homer best. Homer, do, he does his homer best, and I like. I think again, where I am keeping an eye on our homer corollary theory, where as the at home, as Homer goes, the show goes. Mm-hmm. Homer is not a he, that Homer is a dad in this episode. He's a he plays a small part, but he is a father, not a good father, really. He's trying, but he is a father. I mean, you're not wrong, basically. The, the, Homer is attempting to be a good father, and he doesn't succeed, but at least he's trying and not just being wacky and stupid. I see the the, the problem his the the issues the conflicts that arise out of this are because he's trying to trying to ease his his daughter's worries and failing, not because he's uh, acting like a five year old child. Right, it's important, and we. I'll say this about this episode, not also very, it doesn't waste any time. No, it definitely does not. Uh, the, even the B plot seems to be real snappy. Uh, at one point there is a, the, the B plot kind of just peters out in the beginning of the third act. And, but it's not like the worst conclusion. It's actually fairly satisfying. I mean, we're going to get to this third act. Um, I think my, what I was going to say is it's very dense. There's a lot of stuff. It's, it's never it's not a lot of filler in this but it, it, it tries to bite itself more than it can chew i think so we have lisa upset so that is th- these are both b plots technically that's the thing that's true yeah both the lisa and bart stuff are are b plots i guess because nelson is technically the a plot we don't we don't get nelson uh until act two but it's all connected it's this. It's, this episode is kind of strange in that it doesn't, it because it's also a Marge episode. While also like there's like Marge, Lisa, Bart, and I guess Marge and Nelson are the a plot, but and it the first act isn't completely. It isn't like you know inciting incident, inciting incident issues because both it's of these. True. The, the, the first the first act is literally setting up both of the B plots or the B and C plot or however you want to do it. Yeah, and they, and also setting up the A plot, so it, it does a lot of work in the first act so it's not useless like most episodes have been no it, it feels cogent it's just strange how they lay it out so we cut directly from lisa's problem with her big butt to bart's happiness because bart has got a hundred on his test score homer has trouble believing it check it out holmes you said if i ever got a hundred on a test you throw me a party there's my hundred where's my party Nice try, loser. I bet you made up a fake test. Nope, it's real. Check out the watermark. All right. Don't! Aha! Here's a mistake. It says the capital of Kentucky is Frankfurt. (laughs) Dream on, pal. Homer, the capital of Kentucky is Frankfurt. Really? Frankfurter. Is that anything? Yes, it's something, dear. See, it's all legit. Now make with the party. All right, boy, which kind did you work here? Copy up another kid? Pay attention and take notes? 
We'll take note of this. Bart really did get a hundred. I gave a test on state capitals, but I forgot to roll up the map. Everyone got a hundred. I win. P A R T party. People, please. It's a school night. I thought you two broke up. <laughs> this means nothing. Yes, yes, you've made that quite clear. This means nothing, Robbie. Nothing at all. <laughs> That's. I don't mind that. I don't mind. No, actually, I I thought that was pretty hilarious. Ever since I saw it, the first time I saw this episode. Yeah. Um. I like this, and this is all like fun. It's all fun, and has some good gags in there. I really enjoy Bart sm- spelling party P A R T. It is yeah, a really which good, I mean in text speak kinda. It's a really good um callback to the homer and homer's you know smrt it's yeah. it's that sim you know you can see the there's there's talk about how the simpsons work and the simpsons like you know lisa's as the simpsons but and you know seeing that connection between bart and homer here just that minute thing is fun so bart gets a party and uh we we are bouncing back and forth between bart and lisa in this first act then we get to lisa um, still feeling insecure about herself, going to look for new clothes. She was going to go shopping, make herself feel better. Right there with you, Lisa. Buy those bad feelings away. That's how that works. Exactly. You just buy a some piece of crap you don't need because you feel bad. Um, she goes to a little girl's clothing store. This is the one part of it. Like, I feel like the rest of this with Lisa, everything else. Mm-hmm. I, I think is d- does does an all right job of demonstrating the issues she's facing, demonstrating you know how culture treats women's bodies and girls' bodies, and issues with how you eat and all that stuff. I think it does a pretty good job, honestly. It, it does. It really does because uh, the not nervousness, anxiety Lisa feels about her body is something that you would hope at the very least would be restricted to, uh, you know, at least older people, but it's not, especially in this day and age, it seems like it hits younger and younger girls, especially, and it's depressing, but that's just the way it is. And I think the way the Simpsons handled it is actually fairly well done. Like it's not perfect, but it's, it's something. I mean, it's not terrible and it treats Lisa as a, eight-year-old girl which are you know the episodes that we tend to like is where they treat lisa not only as the voice of the writers but as a real character with their own motivations and i think this episode does a really good job of that it's just really depressing overall it is depressing and i don't like this i don't like this this like you said it's not perfect i think my complaint is this section right here because it it, this is the part where it's like it feels it because i don't know the rest of this episode it, it it treats it fairly real fairly down to earth about lisa struggling with how she looks and what she's eating and exercise and all that stuff but this she goes to the store and immediately it's just like oh yeah all the clothing the dresses are just a, a, a strip of fabric and like they she watches a fashion show on a television and the model literally disappears when he turns sideways and it i don't know i don't like this i'm not gonna i don't know i I feel like I'm waffling, but I don't like this because it makes it too cartoonish, I think. 
where it's a serious subject and they seem to be taking light with it in a way that makes it not feel good. It's it's just it doesn't it, I think it's I think it's like yeah, certainly the fashion industry is a part of it, but it's not even just that. You know, it is it's a combination of a lot of things and you by Lisa going to this store, you and I'm I'm going to point this out too, like a gay stereotype as the as the uh, worker. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Like, I know. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's too. Like, Simpsons have done that a lot, but it's at a point where I'm just like, you don't lie. Um, but all the clothes are tiny. Everyone treats it as normal. There's other girls there wish who have that same like. I want to lose weight. I want to be skinny. Um, we cut back to Bart's story because Marge doing her best as a mother to honor Bart's. He got he did get a hundred on a test, regardless if it was just because Miss Carvalpo forgot to pull the map up. Uh he gets a party. So she throws Bart a party. Problem is it's not a very good party. Oh boy, Barty's gonna party. He sure is, if he can keep up with these party animals. Aunt Patty, Aunt Selma, Grandma Bouvier, and da 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 Grandpa. Plus, your schoolyard chums, Martin and Ralph. Bart's my bestest boyfriend. Oh, Mom, this guest list sucks. It's the best I could do on such short notice. Oh, where's Milhouse? He's got the measles, but we've got him on speakerphone. Rock on! You know, the first time I met Bart was at recess in first grade. Oh, I told him to use a landline. Okay, gang, let's get this party started. Or should I say, barded? <laughs> For our first game, I need everyone to draw a picture of President Eisenhower. I drew him with Canadian Prime Minister Louis Saint Laurent. Their relationship was frosty at best. Oh. You stupid freak! <laughs> to be fair, that's what I would do if someone just ran around saying duck, 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 duck a whole bunch. I mean, I feel sorry for Ralph, but Bart is, you know, he's not having a great time. No, and my, my biggest problem with this is I just have to ask myself, why did the party have to be thrown on such short notice? Like, Bart's like, oh, this is the best that I could do on short notice. Why didn't you just wait then until you could get some better people? I don't... Okay. Bart wanted the party now. Right? He demanded it. That's fair. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't mind this because, yeah, kids are ridiculous and do want things on a moment's notice. And Bart is pretty excited about his party, so he wants it now. He's that's he's, he's like literally when he has a hundred on test, he literally the first thing he does is go up to Homer and say, "Where's my party?" Yeah. He doesn't go, "Oh, whoa, whoa. you know that we need to wait for a party." No, he wants a party, so. Mark does her best to give him a party. And I like, really like Millhouse on speakerphone. It's very funny with the bad reception. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because nowadays cell phones have better reception than landlines, but you know, whatever. Uh, it depends. Depends where you. Some some people don't have houses where their cell reception's not great, Matt. That's true. Uh, but those people live in places no one should live. I live in the middle of the ninth largest city in the United States, Matt. My reception is not great. Well, yeah, well, 
I got nothing for that. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. So, Bart's party's not good. Not doing so great. He's upset. He blames March. Fair enough. I don't know. It doesn't. He he thinks the party's not great. Uh, Lisa shows up, and we get the end of Act One. Mom, this was the worst party ever. <laughs> Gee, I, I did the best I could. Oh, here's Lisa. She'll save the party. Honey, sit down. Have a big slice of cake. What? I'm not fat enough already? How could you say that to me? <laughs> Lisa, wait! Hello? Hello? I had to leave because my French bread pizza dinged. Hello? Duck, 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 duck. A lot of ducks. I, I, it that worked on me. The 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 comeback and doing it again, doing it so long, it becomes funny again. Mm-hmm. I, I, it worked on me. I also Milhouse right there with you with that French bread pizza, right? Oh, I mean, just him saying the words in that French bread pizza made me go. You know what? I could go for a French bread. Pizza. I could. That'd be. Give me some red bear and French bread pizza right now. Give me. Let me give me. Give me. Give me some of that. I'm not gonna. He's going to the grocery store is like walking through a minefield, but I still do want it. Um, yeah. So we go to commercial. Seven minutes and 16 seconds in. When we come back, uh, Marge is upset the kids want to hang out with their friends in, instead of her. Uh, she's talking with Homer in bed, and she says, no, no, I it's not okay I, I have a lot more mothering in me left uh, or her kids are eight and ten and she still doesn't she has a good decade with each of them where she can you know at least push them around and make them do what she wants to do so the next day at school uh marge tries to uh push into it saying oh you know i'm i'm gonna uh take you out to hang out this is this is what we're gonna do i'll be right here at three to pick you up then i'll take you to the zoo we can eat fries out of a safari hat no thanks I'm going to stay in the library and do a little reading. Hmm. It's just you and me, Bart. Mom, after that lame party you threw, I'd rather hang out with Thunderthighs here. Mm. They grow up so fast. They're just asserting their independence. If a child doesn't do it now, it may never happen. Seymour, do you want your vitamin and applesauce, or are you going to take it like a big boy? Applesauce. So, yes, as we can see, the kids are just not interested in hanging out with Marge. Uh, Lisa, because she's still obsessed with her weight, uh, and Bart, because he resents basically the party that Marge threw her him, which is kind of a jerk move, but it's the kind of thing a 10-year-old would definitely do. It's just the way things work sometimes. They're acting like children. I don't... See, that's the thing. Like, this is normal conflict. This is not... Oh, sure. No one has to act crazy for this conflict to happen. It's just kids being kids parents being parents and natural conflict arises it does not feel forced it does not feel like oh like suddenly plot happens this works yeah it does it absolutely does because it it takes the conflict from something that an eight-year-old and a ten-year-old and a mom would absolutely do and it's honestly it's not something i think we've really seen all that much of in the past so it works uh, so, yes, as we can see, uh, Lisa and Bart don't want to hang out with Marge. So Marge goes to the park uh, where she's kind of playing with Maggie and saying, oh, Lisa, I have some time with you, which is one of the reasons I think that 
Marge is a little out of de- her depth here because yeah, Bart and Lisa don't want to hang out with her, but she, Maggie's a baby. Maggie's one. You've got 17 good years, and I, I guess Marge only likes kids who can already talk to her but not talk back. So she's, she's got a very narrow window of kids that she's into. I mean, Matt, are we going to really argue about how many of those seven, 18 first years are good years? Because I think that, I mean, it depends on your opinion. I, I personally like teenagers. I think they're funny. Uh, whereas oh. if kids can't talk back to you, why do you even want to have them? Why? Okay. <laughs> we, I'm so confused by that statement. Do you not enjoy hanging out with teenagers? No. What? No. Oh. Are you kidding me? Are you, is this a serious question? This is not like some Andy Kaufman prank, is it? Like, what are you no, doing? No, it's not. I mean, like, compared to, like, six-year-olds, really? I like... You would rather hang out with six-year-olds? Yeah. 100% of the time. Wow. All right. Fair enough. I, well, anyway, like, have Marge, you met it? Have you, have you, I have memories of myself as a teenager. No, thank you. I mean, I guess I'm I'm thinking of my nieces and uh, well, nephew is still very like that, ten no, years I'm, old. We're not talking about family, Matt. We're talking about a random teenagers. Well, okay, that's a different thing then, because random teenagers are jerks. Yeah, I yeah I get, yeah I know that's what I'm saying. <gasps> okay, <laughs> fair enough. So. Uh, Marge at the park with Maggie. She's she seems despondent. Uh, but luckily for her, Nelson is there. Why he's not in school, I guess we won't get to know. Uh, but it at least leads to an interesting interaction between the two of them. Stop struggling and get in my mouth, jerks! Aren't you the boy who beats up my son? Probably. What's your name? Simpson. Oh yeah, Bart Simpson. Spiky hair, soft kidneys, always hitting himself. Those tadpoles are your lunch? Technically, brunch. Well, here, take this. My daughter didn't want the lunch I made. (laughs) Oh, this sandwich rocks. My tadpoles seem crude by comparison. You don't have to impress me by making fun of others. I already like you. Ha ha! I'm starting to let down my guard! Ha ha! Thanks, Mrs. S. Today didn't totally suck nard. It's nice to be appreciated. Uh, whatever. Uh, take it sleazy! Nelson, I thought you were sleeping in the park tonight. Oh, that's okay. The kid don't bother me none. Hey, Nelson, say hello to Mo. He said he'd take you camping sometime. Uh, I said I might. So, yes, as we can see, uh, Nelson, uh, well, he really appreciates the attention Marge is giving to him because his mom uh, doesn't. Oh, and when she does, it, it doesn't turn out well. Uh, I thought one of the best gags of this whole sequence was he uh, Nelson has Marge drop him off at the house next door to his, which is still kind of run down, but, you know, has a fence and whatnot. And then once Marge drives away, he hops the fence into his actual yard with a bunch of cars and even more broken down home. Uh, so this this, yeah. comp, this does a lot. This is really good. Um, it you know, it's a little exaggerated. Nelson eating tadpoles, but it is show it shows that Marge is a good mom. You know, it shows that Marge is a much better mother than what 
you know, what, you know, Nelson's mother or, and, and we, you know, we get a window only into the Simpsons family and their dysfunction. And it, this kind of recontextualizes their family and the fact that it could be much, much worse. Bart and Lisa are lucky to have Marge. And it also shows us, you know, humanizes Nelson to a certain extent, makes him a more, more of a character. You still kind of have to forget about, I don't know, there, this, again, it's the Simpsons, Simpsons continuity. It kind of forgets about the fact that Marge has met Nelson many, many times. Oh, yeah. So she not knowing who it is, you know, that's fine. Um, I also, I do kind of like the fact that the way they stage Nelson and when after when Nelson gets Lisa's lunch, because mm-hmm. he like he he warily comes up to the food. He, he's like a wild dog. Right? He's like he's like not try. He's like food for me. This is like he acts like thinks it's a trick or something. Like he's gonna get captured, and he grabs the food and then eats it. And then as he's eating, Marge approaches him and like you know stands next to him, and it feels very much like that. You know, it does a good job of demonstrating that, demonstrating his attitude and his his wariness around new people, around people that just give him something for no real, they don't, for nothing, give him something without getting something in return. And it, it shows that Nelson isn't, doesn't understand that concept, you know, it, Nelson is just, generally is just this faceless, he's just a bully, he beats up Bart, and they use it, they do it. They do a joke about how poor he is. Um, this again, like that's the other. Like this is the the you meant you said the word sad earlier, Matt, when you're talking about Lisa. Mm-hmm. This Nelson plot is just really sad. <laughs> it is because it makes you feel so bad for Nelson. He just he's such a deprived kid like we've seen the other bullies but we don't really get a lot of their background we we know that jimbo's family is rich we don't know why he bullies uh kearney is old enough to have kids and be divorced uh dolph i don't think we've even seen any of his family but nelson we get a lot of background on in multiple episodes and it always comes down to nelson is incredibly poor and has just been deprived his entire life and we see it in the fact that he doesn't trust marge to give him food he's just like obviously this can't be real because no one just gives you something. You have to steal it or take it. And I can't really blame Nelson for the way he is because he's never known anything else. Like if an adult acts like this, you kind of have to say, okay, well, you know, they've probably known enough that they're not supposed to be like this. But Nelson is 10 years old. As far as I know, we don't know that he's ever been held back. So this is this is all the life he's ever known. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it and I think it, I don't know, we're going to have a discuss we're going to discuss the end of this this episode oh uh, are we? <sighs> but i think it's a product of what they're doing here because this is just tremendously sad and it feels really good to get nelson out you know out with marge and him and her being nice to him that's all this is this is marge being a good parent to to nelson that's all that's happening it's true uh, so and it continues. Uh, the next up, we see Marge. Uh, she tries to take the kids bowling. The kids, of course, are not interested because they they've spent their entire lives with Marge. They don't need time with her. They, they've always had something to take care of them, and they're ready to move on to kind of take care of themselves. So Marge takes Nelson instead, uh, and Nelson has a, a great time. Marge cuts up his hot dogs and puts uh, ketchup on them, and, and that's something Nelson's never had. So he's very interested, and he loves it. Uh, Mar- I, I like that uh, Marge is still good at bowling, as we have seen. She's she's had training. She gets a strike. 
Uh, and she offers to give Nelson money for doing chores at their house because, you know, her kids don't want that. They just wander off and says they're not interested in, in you know, getting an allowance or anything. Uh, Lisa, meanwhile, is still being teased at school, uh, despite the fact that she is jumping rope and doing everything she can to lose weight. Sherry and Terry, being little girls and not understanding causes and effects, uh, are just teasing her because that's what little kids do. They're mean to each other for no particular reason. Uh, when Lisa comes home that night, she refuses to eat dinner. She, she she takes one tiny sliver of carrot and says, oh, now I can't eat toothpaste, which is really depressing and I'm sure accurate. Um, it also makes Marge very upset, understandably. I mean, like, that is a, like, you, you're, as a parent, your job is to keep your kids alive. Yeah. And when they won't eat it, I'm like, I can't, I get frustrated when my cats won't eat for whatever reason. Yeah. So I can't imagine like you have a child and they're like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to eat. You're like, what do you mean? You're not going to eat. You need to eat, eat. It's not, and it's not like Marge is giving them like, she has carrots. Like those are, that's healthy. That's good for you. And Lisa's like just being, you know, she is being neurotic about it because this is, it's a serious problem. But I don't think, I don't know. It, it doesn't trivialize Lisa's issues. I think that's the other thing. It's just like, it, they're just, they're at a, Marge can't understand why Lisa's this way, and so they're they're just kind of butting heads against it. Right. It's just uh, the way it it has to be. The uh, it has to be the way it is for a lot of families these and, days. And it's very it's very sad. <laughs> Everything's it's just very sad. a lot of sad. Lisa's the Lisa B plot is sad. The Nelson plot is sad. The Bart plot is it's fine. It's not sad. I'll say that. I guess the Bart stuff isn't is it. You know. uh, yeah, and it pretty much goes away at this point, uh, so that Bart can be part of the nah, main plot with he doesn't. It, it doesn't go away. I think it merges. I think it, it, it becomes, merges. You're it right. merges. Yeah, yeah. It becomes a part of the Nelson plot. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, at that point, once Lisa refuses to actually eat for dinner, they are interrupted by Nelson's mom. And, um, yeah. Here's the money you gave my son. We don't want your charity. I didn't give your son charity. I gave him self-respect. Self-respect, huh? No wonder he came home with his vest all buttoned, like he was somebody. Go home to your son, Mrs. Munch, and try not to have intercourse on the way. So, yeah, I kind of cut it off there because that's uh, that's awful. I understand Marge <laughs> is upset, but uh, that's that's not a, not a cool thing to say. That's, that's I mean, pretty awful. I'm yeah, I'm 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 with Marge. Sorry, Matt. With Marge on this one. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, obviously, Nelson's mom is a terrible mother. And I'm not going to say, ever defend her in any way. But to feel like, oh, yeah, don't have sex on the way home. Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe you, she wants to. Uh, no, I, no, Matt. No, here. No, I'm not. I'm not going to. We're not. We're not. I'm not doing, like, defense of Nelson's mom in this instance. She, Nelson's mom literally. I don't know how she doesn't. Do they have a car? We don't know. Um, but she literally. Point, yeah. Literally. In the in at nighttime when she could be doing something for Nelson, she literally came all the way to throw money, give money back to Marge that Nelson worked for. Nelson mowed the yeah, lawn. Yeah, not even a lot of money, a tiny amount of money. Nelson coins. Nelson did work. Nelson worked for Marge, mowed the lawn, honest work. Marge rubbed, like you know complimented him on his ability, paid him for his work for his chores. What is a good? It's a thing a good mother does. And Nelson's mom came across town to throw the money back at Marge uh, and tell her not to do this anymore. And like, yeah, it's a, it is a little bit ex, uh, ex, in mean 
on Mar- on Marge's part to say something like that, but yeah, I don't. I have no pity for Nelson's mother in this instance, and like you see the reaction from the family because you obviously you can't see that in the, the audio clip, but it pans yeah. the camera directly cuts to the the rest of the family sitting at the dinner table. All of them are shocked by Marge saying something like that, and Lisa immediately bites eats the carrot because she is so alarmed by Marge's like you know behavior, and it demonstrates Marge's a- attachment and. She is treating Nelson like her son at this point. Nelson is, is being basically being abused by his mother, which is because he she literally took his money from him. He are, he worked for that money and his mother took it away from him and gave it back to Marge. And like it is again, Marge says it. It's self-respect. Yeah, it's working for what you have earned, which is something that I'm sure Nelson has never been taught. And Nelson's mom basically stole his self-respect from him, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe it's kind of a maybe it's a, a a low road path to insult her like that but at that point you just want to inflict as much pain as possible so who cares that's true so yes uh at this point uh we see nelson uh pops up at the simpson home uh we don't really know when it is but it's 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 a very shortly it's, afterwards. It, it's at night time we don't know it's we it's, see nelson walk through the the city at night so it's night time Yes, it's nighttime. We're not sure exactly when, uh, but we find out that Nelson's mom left for Hollywood uh, to become an actress, which, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so luckily, Marge takes him in uh, and he gets to sleep in uh, Bart's bed. And that's that's when we go to commercial. Bart, Bart is lower bunk. Yeah, but the lower bunk, a.k.a. under the bed. Under the bed. I mean, I think that the that like this episode invite. Uh, that's the my complaint about this episode. Like, it invites so many issues, like about questions about how like there's things that just don't get resolved, and there is just this issue where Marge is favoring Nelson over Bart. Never really resolved. There's never no. we don't get Bart going talking to Marge about this issue or anything like that. It's just it's just there until Nelson leaves. Um, we go to, we, what, where, where, what happens, Matt? We, we, did you say we, we go we, to a commercial? We go to a commercial. Uh, we come back from a commercial 14 minutes and 46 seconds in. Um, Bart is bad, uh, probably because he had to sleep under the bed. Yeah. I'm guessing. Um, but Marge has made him pancakes and pancakes are waiting for him at, at breakfast. He doesn't want to eat them. Um, Nelson also gets pancakes. And then as soon as Marge leaves the room, Nelson makes Bart eat his pancakes Tells him to clean his plate, and Bart does because he doesn't want to get beat up. Um, as Matt puts it, Nelson forces him to appreciate Marge through violence. Maybe not the most constructive way. No, definitely not. But, you know, it's it's the thing. It's, it's how Nelson knows to operate. Right. Also, don't. I would also say don't. don't I would not enforce children to clean their plate. That's a. You don't want to give. That, that leads to bad things. eating habits. Yeah. You should eat until you're full or until you're satiated that's a good way to look at it so nelson we we get a scene with nelson and homer Nel, homer uses nelson's teeth as a beer opener ah. um nelson's teeth hurt all the time so he's gonna go to a a, a doctor for teeth uh-huh or that's like having a lawyer for your hair oh god that's, that's, that's sad but so realistic for yeah, some people it yeah like. poor nelson i mean nelson would not go to a dentist matt nelson would never go have, never have gone to a dentist no ever um so we 
we get this kind of like a couple scenes with with Nelson at the Simpsons house. He's he's living there now. Uh, we then cut to Bart waking up. He's sleeping on a cot now. Better doing better than I guess under the bed. That's a that's an improvement. Yeah. We cut to him waking up suddenly at night out of hearing some strange noise in the house. Papa, can you hear me? Papa, can you see me? Papa, can you find me in the night? Papa, are you near me? Papa, can you hear me? Papa, can you help me not be frightened? Looking at the skies, I seem to see a million eyes. Which ones are yours? I gotta do something about him. So, Bart sees Nelson singing. Which, uh, this is from Yentl, isn't it? I don't... Is it, Matt? They said something about Streisand, so I'm assuming... You're the expert, Matt. Come on. You're you're a musical theater expert on this podcast. Yes, it is from Yentl. See, Matt? See, this is why you're here. (laughs) That's the only reason I'm here. Not the only reason. You're here for many many reasons. That is one of many. So, Nelson sings, I like this. I honestly do. do. I think, um... Is it uh, Nancy Cartwright who does Nelson's voice? I believe it is. She does an amazing job of singing as Nelson. And honestly, it's not that bad a rendition of the song, as far as I can tell. I'm honestly just really impressed. What does it? Nelson does not have a nice voice. No. But that's the point. Like, Nelson is kind of an ugly character, but it can still be very effective at communicating, you know, his feelings and his emotions. And this is another, like, it really does a good job of communicating his sadness and this it again just tremendously sad um and bart's just like okay this is i can't deal with this we need to do something about this and then it cuts to and bart is kind of part bart becomes a sort of pov character for us the audience at this point you know that you say that mm-hmm. his b plot kind of ends and merges he effectively is becoming he's us now we're he's the audience to this to the, the the simpsons house um and it this is the way for them to to i don't know sort of shoehorn him into a solution for nelson yeah basically they have him see oh nelson's this is nelson is in a state where he is singing show tunes in the middle of the night to about missing his father so we need to do something about it we also see him see Lisa in the kitchen in the middle of the night where she tests herself where she has a there's a giant Labor Day cake for Lenny. I guess Lenny loves Labor Day. Uh, I mean, everyone seems to love Lenny. Uh, I mean, they were he was the only one they were really concerned about when the nuclear power plant was going to melt down. So, you know, maybe is maybe Labor Day is Lenny's birthday. Maybe. Or maybe, maybe too lazy to put happy birthday. Happy Labor Day was easier. Or maybe Lenny's just a, a big unions right unions right advocate. Maybe he maybe a unionist. Um, but Lisa tests herself. She's going to eat. Oh, I'll just eat, have a dollop of icing. And that's it. But she can't uh, because she's been starving herself. She then gorges on this cake, eats it all, uh, binges on the cake, and again, terribly sad. <laughs> just terribly sad because this is true this happens i've gone i've i myself have 
settled into patterns of behavior like this about food where you're like oh i'm gonna be disciplined i'm gonna eat this much and that's it and then you're like no i'm just gonna and then you fall into this roller coaster of like no i'm gonna gonna starve myself and then binge you know it's it it is it's a a destructive self-destructive behavior and it's really hard to see lisa do this it is because it's it's so realistic and Lisa's uh, a plot through this whole episode, as we said, it is very realistic to a lot of uh, younger girls, especially. And it just it hurts to see this because I, I know I've had issues when I wait and I've, I've had this exact same feeling and it, it hurts to see your problems uh, represented on the screen, especially in an episode like this where there's no fix for it or whatever. And this here, Matt, this is where I'm going to draw the line right here, right after this scene, because we get two scenes bart wandering downstairs in the middle of the night mm-hmm. we get heartfelt two heartfelt scenes we see and both very sad nelson singing wondering where his dad is lisa destructive self-destructive behavior by gorging on this cake heartfelt impactful emotional good good scenes and then at this point there's two minutes left in this episode <laughs> oh, we gotta wrap it up real quick <laughs> and it's just like the episode goes into we need to get to the we ha- we have we've run out of time. We need to get to the end. We have to get wrap up this stuff. Uh, with Lisa, Lisa, we're I don't know. We'll get to Lisa's. It's it tries to wrap up Lisa's episode by having yeah. Nelson going to Sherry and Terry. Nelson realizes what Lisa is going through and instead. Nelson, I will give Nelson this. Nelson understands that he is not capable of fixing Lisa's self-esteem problems. Yeah. So Nelson does, what, like you said, he forces Bart to appreciate Mars through violence. He is also going to solve Lisa's problem through violence because he pranks Sherry and Terry and makes them get sprayed with a skunk. And then everyone makes fun of them and forgets about Lisa's big butt. Uh, and Sherry and Terry get chased by a skunk and they smell bad. And you're like, Okay, and like the way that Lisa wraps up her story at the very end of this episode makes this make sense, I think, because Lisa acknowledges like, no, they didn't fix anything. Um, <laughs> it's It was nice, I guess, by Nelson, because it shows yeah. Nelson cares, but it doesn't fix how she feels about herself, really. But then, Matt, then this is the this is just absurd. I can't even oh, yeah. the rest of this episode is relatively realistic sad at at parts and then we get this scene where every it magically magic happens that's the only way i can describe it magic mm-hmm. occurs in the simpsons and the months family is reunited and happy nelson papa you came back <laughs> i never meant to leave you nelson but uh Something awful happened when I went to the store. Well, that explains a lot. Who's hungry? No, I want to hear what happened at the store. Well, I went in to buy cigarettes. Could you get wrap them, please, they're for my son? I also bought myself a candy bar, which, uh, unfortunately was filled with peanuts, to which I am allergic. I ran outside just as a circus was rolling into town. And that's where I found him. 
I brought him back here so he could take Nelson away and my bruises would heal. I want to give you a home again, son. And so do I. Mom! I got an acting job from the third director I slept with. I play Lady Macbeth. I don't have to take my top off, but I do anyway. Wow. I'm glad everything worked out so well. Yep, the Munches are back in business. Yep, the four Munches. Thanks for finding my dad, Bart. And thanks, lady, for making me feel good about myself. So, now that you're happy again, I guess you won't beat me up at school anymore. I wish it were that simple. I really do. <laughs> what, Robbie? Oh, Matt. Mm -hmm. This episode, up until this point, was very good. Very good. Like, I, uh huh. Like, there's I some critiques, but, well, honestly, a very good episode up until this point. Then this one scene is just insane. This is insane. Yep. <laughs> Bart, I'm going to lay it out. Bart, Bart. By the way, Bart is, why is Bart, like, why when they cut to this circus? Bart is dressed like it's the 20s, and everyone else is too, by the way. Bart and the rest of this crowd are dressed like it's 1923. Well, because this is this is not the kind of act you would see in a circus today, so they have to make it seem like it's in the past, I guess. But, but it's happening now! Bart is, Bart is in both of these scenes. So, Bart discovers that Nelson's father, when he went to get cigarettes, for, for Nelson, apparently... He ate a candy bar that is he's a, with nuts in it. He's allergic to nuts. Normally, people with nut allergies generally are pretty stringent about not checking ingredient lists, especially a candy bar. Come on, I I that's like again that's a very minor point of incredulity for me. Compare considering that next he is then abducted by a circus and forced into a freak show where I assume they constantly pelt him with peanuts, and so. He is constantly, his allergies are constantly activated because he's been gone for a long time, right? Supposedly, yeah. And I guess because they were throwing peanuts at him the whole time, that's what brought it about. So, and then he's, he's back. Nelson's dad has come back. He's saved by Bart. We don't see that either. Uh, how does he, Bart? So that this man is imprisoned by a circus. That is an entire episode where Bart breaks Nelson's dad out of circus jail. You don't get that. I assume Bart just goes, hey, this is a person. You need to let him out. And they're like, oh, really? Oh, dang. What okay. did they think he was before? Of course he's a person. What did they I think he was a, 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 like a misformed ape? Like, that's like, of course, that's a man. Of course. That's the thing. And then, so Nelson's dad is back. Nelson's mom just strolls. Why does she stroll into the Simpsons house? How does she know to be at the Simpsons house? I guess she went home and realized, oh, no one's there. I know where he'll be. Does she know Nelson's dad is back? Because she's not surprised at all. Maybe she knew where he was the whole time. She didn't like him very much. So we get like this weird, it, this is it, you know, it's a weird fairy tale happy ending for Nelson. And totally, it is like you're driving in a car, you're nice and happy on the highway, and then you run it directly to a brick wall. Like, it it is inc incongruous with the rest of this episode. It makes no sense C with everything else that happens. So what happens? We just forgive Nelson's mother. Is she just an okay? She's okay now. It's fine. Yeah, she got a job, so that that's totally cool. 
and Nelson's dad was a freak of a, a captured and forced to be a freak in a freak show. That's also mm-hmm. cool or whatever. That's okay. And Nelson is happy again. And we immediately forget all this happens because Nelson is basically just alone with his mother again, probably the next time we see him. Yep, exactly. I don't, Matt, I don't know why, like, I understand here. This is the, and I thought about this. This is what, the. this is the conundrum this episode creates by doing this plot where Nelson is adopted by Marge. And Marge is clearly a good mother to him and his own mother is terrible. Mm-hmm. So here's the conundrum. But the the problem was Robbie that he didn't have a father, so now he does, so it makes it all better. I disagree. Uh, <laughs> no. I think we all disagree. <laughs> but it made it so. Well, we have to get back to this task. Well, Nelson can't live with the Simpsons forever, unless we rewrite every. Ep- I mean, it probably would be interesting if you had that experiment for a while and have Nelson give Nelson a room and have him like be a member of the family for a while. That'd be interesting, but. They, they're not the show at this point is not going to do that they have to get nelson out of the house again they give him a different li- back to his original living situation or at least a new one and how do we do that without it being terribly sad because that what we've established is well his own mother is terrible and clearly doesn't care about him that much so if we send him back to his own mother where she takes custody back for some reason like we orchestrate some court thing like a throwaway line of the court says you have to go back with your mom. That's terribly sad. Yeah. So we can't do that. So instead, they have this really contrived ending for him where his father and mother both come back, both have jobs, both are happy, and are together again, and Nelson has a happy, loving family. <sighs> Except it doesn't, you know, it's just tonal whiplash, and it they are not going to stick to it. For, like, they don't... Of course I'm, not. I, I don't... Like, are we going to see... I don't... Again, I haven't watched the rest of season 16. Are we going to get references to Nelson's dad? I believe this is the last time we see Nelson's dad. Okay, then. Uh, It's just... I don't know why (laughs) they did this with that. Um, So, then we cut immediately after... This is immediately after that scene. We have the family alone. Nelson and his parents are out of the house. So is Mo, who is there for whatever reason. And then we get the end of the episode. They're a family again. And so are we. What happened? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to adopt your son's bully in order to bring your own family temporarily closer. And Lisa, what have you learned? Nothing. Like many women, I still have an unhealthy obsession with my weight. But talking about the problem is the first step towards the solution, right? I guess, but there's a long way to go. Come on, say something conclusive. I'm afraid this is a very open-ended problem. Oh, open-ended? Come on, Lisa, say everything's fine. Everything's fine. That was you. Prove it. (laughs) See that? See that? Here, man. That is like Lisa going, I mean, yeah, it's better. Like, it's better. But it's not solved. Yes, but it, it's the Simpsons making fun of the fact that the, the problem is not perfectly solved, which I am generally okay with. Sometimes it's a bit much. I think we've gone over my hatred for uh, the Island episode that I can never it's, remember the name it's of. It's Das Bus. Das it's bus. easy. Das Bus. I don't know. I think I put it out of my mind every time. Anyway, uh, but this, I don't know. I, I kind of like this one. 
this is fine. Yeah, I lo- this is fine. It's it's very much like well, Lisa again is she is like one it it lends credence to the fact that this her issues are not something that can be easily solved. You know, I think that is it's a tip of the hat to the real the real world and real real issues with body image and how you feel about your own body. Like, yeah, it's not something you just solve with a one conversation. It is a thing you deal with for your life. Um, and then it makes fun of the fact that, no, but we need the show to have a happy ending. And, you know, the joke's about it. That's fine. That's totally fine. It's just... And that's over the credits, by the way. That, well, some of that conversation's happened over the end right. credits. Which tells me... Because they ran out of time. They, they couldn't ran, cut anything else, obviously. They, they ran out of time. That is literally, like, a lot of times I would say, no, they could have done this or that. But literally, they ran out of time. This show is... This episode's pretty dense. And if they just... If they could have, like... It stands out like a sore thumb, This that last scene with Nelson. It is so jarring. It is so completely not belonging in this episode. And I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. That you you could just make it, oh, Nelson's mother takes custody of him again. She's back and she takes custody. Like maybe you have a heartfelt scene where Nelson's mom's like and po- apologizes to Marge and to Nelson and asks that he give her a shot again. That's the best I could come up with. Yeah, that's that's all, the only thing is something that happens to Nelson's mom where she decides that she wants to be a good mom. Um and yeah, not, or, not so much. Or do her best, or we like cut to a scene where, where like Marge is teaching her how to be a good mom. Like, and maybe yeah, that's a good idea. Have a little joke about you know her having her inclination is wrong, and Marge shows her the correct way. Like that's something. I just all I know is that this that scene here, Matt. This is me even saying that that scene is really the only bad scene in this episode. I don't really like the clothing store scene earlier, but I think it's fine. Like it, 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 it works in the context of the episode because it's the kind of thing. Uh, if Lisa decided, oh, I'm going to go get some clothes to hide my whatever, uh, my completely non-existent uh, overweight physique, uh, and the kind of thing she would find. It's not comfortable, but I get it. Yeah, this scene it fits in this episode. This scene, it it feels like a Scully years episode wandered in like as like a bigfoot it just wandered in to this episode like looked at the camera for a second and then walked away <laughs> that's what it feels like it is it's just crazy i don't know what that means to this episode i don't know how you judge this episode because of that one scene i don't know but we're gonna have to talk it out Matt, at the end of Indeed the episode end of this episode when we rank it we'll rank it at the end of the show um oh robbie is this episode broken? Obviously not. No, I don't think this episode's broken. If we had, like, fixed that scene, I would play the clip. Because that scene, the end, is yeah. broken. It is the writers hastily making a, 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 a happy ending for Nelson. Like, if Nelson, if this, if the, if that scene flashed out and Nelson was imagining all of that, like, he does... That would other... be depressing, but <laughs> it, more realistic. Yeah, it's like the ending of Brazil. Like, it really, it would be, like incredibly upsetting but it would be it felt it would feel like it belongs um but this episode is not broken the episode largely is good until you get to that scene and then you're like oh no like they they had to they had to deal with all the things that happened and they're like well how do we wrap this up um 
uh, Nelson's dad is back, and he was he was captured by a circus. You're like, oh, uh, he couldn't just say like, oh well, I I left the I left because the burden of, of being a father was crushing me, and so I ran away. But now I'm back because I realized that was the wrong thing to do. But you can't do that in two minute scene because <laughs> that's too heavy. <laughs> so I don't know. We move on to our next segment. It's time for comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments of the news group is where I look through the nohomers.net forum. It's still there. You guys can still check it out if you want. Look at uh, as they have all these episodes cataloged. If you really want to track any episode down, honestly, and See what people thought of the episode. See what the the consensus was at the time, and as time has moved on, um, universally positive. Matt, I'm not surprised. I, I feel like this episode has everything that we like, as well as some of the weird stuff that everyone else likes. So everybody wins. The weird stuff. Uh, yes, yeah, so thirty-seven percent, five out of five. Thirty-four percent, four out of five. Sixteen percent, three out of five, and then five and six percent for the lower scores. Um, people really like this largely. Most of the reviews, I, 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 I got a, like a little bit of a selection, but most of the reviews were glowing. People really, really liked it. Uh, first one, five out of five. Finally, I really love this episode. Everyone was in character. Lisa went nuts like when she was the Blizzard Queen. Hope the rest of the season will be like this. It was like old times. I loved it way better than last week's. How about way better? Um, this, yeah. oh, way better, Matt? No, no, I'm saying I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's what I just keep saying that. I, I agree with Robbie. I agree with Robbie. I agree with Robbie. There you go. I agree with Robbie. Uh, well, now that I've recorded that, I have. That's good. I've used for that. Okay. Uh, next review. This felt very much like a classic episode to me in many ways because it was paced well. Attention was given to both storylines. My only issue was with the ending in a minor way, simply because the revelation about Nelson's dad was too wacko for my tastes. You're not. That's not a crazy opinion. Overall, though, I thought there were more funny moments in this one than both episodes so far this season. Nothing felt uncomfortably flat. A couple bits were unnecessary, like the second outing for Ralph's Duck, Duck, Duck. This time around, this time around I like the meta reference about how to draw Homer. Uh, for the love of God, why can't every director be Lauren McMullen? In all seriousness, this was the best McMullen episode to date. Just absolutely gorgeous throughout. Give more thoughts on the episode later. I thought it was great. Well, I have some bad news for you about Lauren McMullen. Uh, not, no more Simpsons from her. Uh, finally, well, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. I missed a bit of the third act, but I think they should have had more of Nelson living with the Simpsons. Maybe have a movement at the beginning of the second act. I wonder if we will ever see more of Nelson's father and mother. I have some bad news. We'll see his mom a lot more. Yeah. Dad, not so much. No. Uh, Lisa's subplot was okay. It didn't have many laughs. No kidding. Not many laughs about the little girl suffering with body image issues. No kidding. Maybe some things are okay not to have a lot of comedy, guys. That's my yeah. hot, hot take. Um, the ending was the worst part. All in all, this is a pretty good episode. Let's hope that they improve as the season grows older. Three out of five. Three point five out of five. Eh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, Matt. Just don't know. I don't know. I, I try and usually these reviews like help pull out my some precision in my thoughts about how I feel about an episode. I'm still kind of unsure about this. Um, but we can move on. For our next segment, it's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what is your favorite Marge episode? Probably going to be a bunch of series of these favorite blank character episodes throughout this season like we did quotes last season. Um, tons of great answers. Tons of very thoughtful answers. Matt, take it away. All right. Our first one is from Alex. 
Uh, my favorite has to be Marge and the Lamb, a classic Marge episode with a solid story and character development, plus good waffles stick together. That's true. Also, engine block eggs. Better than you'd expect. Just don't put them on the actual engine. Anyway, uh, from Matthew, a streetcar named Marge. I love the parallels between the play and The Simpsons. It's some of the show's best parody work for me. The moment with Marge in Flanders with a broken bottle kills me every time. And the end, where Homer gets it and Marge graciously acknowledges it is heartwarming. Bonus points for Lewin Sinclair, my favorite John Lovitz guest character, not originally on another show, and the Ayn Rand School for Tots. It's one of the few Simpsons episodes I got my dad who doesn't get cartoons to watch and enjoy. I can definitely see that. Uh, it's There's so many levels in that episode. It's so wonderful. Uh, from Benjamin, The Twisted World of Marge Simpson, I don't hate you for failing. I love you for trying. Also, bonus points to Whitey Whackers. Of course. Rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> from Tim. When in doubt, choose Marge versus the monorail. No, seriously, this shows Marge at her essence. Concerned for everyone's safety, she does a startling amount of research showing the monorail to be a really bad idea, presents it, and is ignored. Eventually, Homer earns hero status through his usual dumb luck. Yeah, despite Marge versus the monorail being, I'm pretty sure, in our top five, I feel like that's the one thing that we didn't really get into, uh, is how Homer saves the day by pure dumb luck in that one. I mean, are you telling me that you don't like the fact that uh, a mid-30s dumb white man earns hero status from doing nothing robbie that's far too like real life for me to enjoy it <laughs> I'm sorry, anyway uh from timothy i'm going to go out a limb here so to speak and throw down for season 31's mars the lumberjill not heavy on the jokes but a very well written and visually great episode then a low-key way hits right in the fields probably in the top five of the post-classic era i will give as any- i recall i will give anyone credit for picking a non-classic year episode to highlight absolutely absolutely uh, from Lauren, I have to go with scenes from the class struggle in Springfield. This episode is extremely relatable about how clothes affects how you feel about yourself and how you present yourself. Additionally, the wanting to fit in doesn't die with high school, but continues throughout your whole life. Marge's journey throughout this episode is understandable, but it's really heartwarming when she realizes that she's changing for the worse and decides against it because she loves her family for who they are. After 32 years of all her struggles with these type of women and other people, I think it's time she is given a nice friend. That's true, because we had Ruth Powers for a while, but I feel like they should bring her back in a more consistent capacity. Uh, obviously, we have, we, as we've seen, uh, they're redoing some of the voices uh, for Apu and Carl to be less horrible. Maybe it's time Marge got a consistent friend that's better than Luan. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Matt. Hmm. Are you telling me that women have friends? I am saying that, actually. Oh, uh, I don't know if man. you know this, but women tend to have a lot of friends. So eh, depends, depends so, on the woman. Uh, that's true. Uh, for Matt, the Springfield connection. When the family is sitting down for breakfast, is an exceptional scene. You get a sense of what each member's personality brings to the table, no pun intended. Bart being proud and offering hypothetical situations for Marge. Lisa being proud and making sure Marge is constitutional. Homer being proud and taking Marge's pepper spray for a south of the border experience. Incapacitating. Ah. Basically, that is Homer using Marge's achievements for his own gain, which is Homer. Or really any middle-aged white male. Anyway, uh, from Derek, uh, scenes from the class struggle in Springfield is one of my favorite Simpsons episodes, let alone Marge episodes. The more doleful tone of season seven lends itself so well to Marge's character. I remember Marge's struggles during this episode being really hard-hitting to me watching as a kid and still resonate with me now. Is it weird that I, a 24-year-old boy, identify so much with a 36-year-old housewife or is just testament to how well-crafted the episode is? Uh, It's the latter. This episode is fantastic. Uh, From not Andrew Bloom, uh, a streetcar named Marge has a place in my heart because it not only features Marge reaching an epiphany through participating in art, but it also shows her managing to reach someone she loves through it, too. Plus, the Norland songs is underrated among classic Simpsons, dude. I Matt, will definitely give him the last bit. Matt, and, Matt, and the first bit, too. Matt, Matt, Matt. But, if you're going to read, you got to read the whole gag. It's a Halloween gag for the Twitter name. you got to do the whole thing. You can't just read Not Andrew Bloom. But it's funnier this way. No. Matt, what are you? 
you again every you know i said this before we started recording but every day matt every time i talk to matt matt reveals more the mattness of him where he is <laughs> demonstrates how matt he is this isn't the way you read it matt is not funnier you have you're you live in your own joke world i don't know how to explain it to that you that is fair not andrew bloom the thing that killed him you read the whole joke. Half a joke is uh-huh. not funny, Matt. I don't know where you are from or what world you grew up. I mean, you grew up in Lakeland and Ocala and so horrible places without y- actual humor. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I guess it makes sense. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, from at Bort ATX, uh, Marge Be Not Proud is the perfect display of Marge and Bart's relationship. This is a much watch for any new viewer. Absolutely. From Matt Energy Turtle, uh, the twisted world of Marge Simpson. Those of us who toil away without glory fully understand wanting to feel like we're winners and how it feels when you lose after trying so hard. This episode encapsulates that perfectly. Absolutely. Uh, from at L Columbia 88, uh, Springfield, or how I learned to stop wearing a lovely glass gambling where Homer saves Marge from Gambler. Uh, my grandma was a slot jockey and I love slots, so I identify with how addicting the win is. But back in 93, the payouts were a lot higher than they are now. Almost certainly. Uh, from at yes it's aaron the easy answer would be marge versus the monorail but i think lyle and homer and nimoy carry that one so i'll say the way we was our first glimpse into the past established the marge character we know and love absolutely uh from at sawbury 70 uh marge on the lambs so many iconic moments and one of lyle hutt's best appearances absolutely true uh from at hippie 200 i'm just gonna go with the first one that comes to mind which is the springfield connection so many brilliant gags and i love that marge gets to be a badass and still hold on to her morals robbie what's yours well before I answer, I do. You know, we talked about how we don't appreciate the end of the Springfield connection very much because it kind of just peters out with Matt mm-hmm. Marge quitting. But maybe Marge deciding that the only course of action is to stop being a police officer. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes the only way to win is not to play. Maybe that might be a, a good choice. Um, my answer is brush with greatness. Um, I've talked about it a lot. It, I think it is. It is uh, always one of my favorite, one of my favorite episodes in general. It is one of those, again, nostalgia episodes that I've seen so many times. I know frontwards and backwards. And it just shows Marge, again, it, it is one of those episodes where it demonstrates Marge's best qualities and that she is able to find something, like she's able to somehow find a, a something, uh, some, maybe not good quality in Mr. Burns, but something that everyone can empathize with, you know, his physical frailty. And everyone can find that find a way to be sympathetic with this mostly reprehensible character. Matt, what's your answer? Uh, my answer is scenes from the class struggle in Springfield. Uh, obviously, a very popular answer, but one that just it goes to show that just because you grow up and get out of high school, your interpersonal relationships, if anything, are more complex than they used to be. And this is is Marge showing that off to a T. You still want to fit in, but you have so many more things to navigate now that you have. Uh, you know, a family and more obligations. And it just, it so speaks to Marge's character, everything she does in this episode. And it's just wonderful. Next week's question. What is your favorite Lisa episode? Hitting hard, man. Yeah. Yeah. Pick your favorite Lisa episode. Um, I think I already know your answer, but I'm not sure. I'm going to think about mine. I think I usually, I think I know my answer, but I'm going to make sure. I'm going to ponder a little bit. Post this on our Twitter, which is at Simpsons Show Pod. And email us at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. And uh, I'll post this question on our Patreon. I make it public so anyone can read an answer. Next up, Matt, is time, once again, for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. 
the no Google trivia challenges where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Um, Matt has finally picked a charity that I can support after for his victory in last season. What would that charity be, Matt? Uh, it is Public Knowledge. Uh, is a group that works for a free internet. Is that their full? Yes. It's publicknowledge.org. Publicknowledge.org. It's probably they should probably work better at making sure that their own domain is number one on a Google search list and not number four on a Google yeah, search Yeah, well list. they're a non profit. It's like four people. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Um I will be uh donating to public knowledge and I'll encourage everyone else to do the same. Um free and open internet is very important in becoming well, more big library supporters. That yes, libraries are also very important and considering like how much how many problems we have that can be sourced to social media nowadays might mm-hmm. it's important to have laws that make sense about the internet god forbid mm-hmm. can't have that though matt we can't have laws can't even treat the internet like a utility we have to that everyone needs i mean there's lots of things that everyone needs that uh we can't let the government wait wait wait, 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 wait. Matt, we can't that's those are dangerous right. dangerous ideas man you can't talk about them <laughs> uh, uh, well, FCC will hear you. They'll, they'll prosecute. I know. Come get me. You ready for an easy question, Matt? Ready. These are all from Lisa's Date with Density. Ooh, the Nelson episode. Love it. What alter ego does Homer use to get people to send him money with the telemarketing machine? I believe that's the Happy Dude episode. That is Happy Dude. <laughs> send one dollar to Happy Dude. Seven four two Evergreen Terrace. All right. Uh, your episode or your uh, trivia is all uh, from Marge on the Lamb. Uh, what do Marge and Ruth Power shoot on their, uh, you know, trip out in the world? Uh, antique cans. You are correct. Precious my, antique my, my cans. Per, my precious antique cans. Uh, your medium question, Matt. What car does Superintendent Chalmers purchase? Uh, okay. It is a nineteen seventy. Four Honda Accord? I'm sorry, man. Damn it. It's a 1979 Nine. Honda Accord. Dang it. Unless I got the decade, right? Which that, All right. That's, your... what, that's like, what, what year is Lisa's Day with that city? Like 1990? Uh, season 8, so 97? Seven? Seven? So, like that. Uh, a, a public school superintendent buying an 18-year-old car. That tracks. That's about right. That tracks, yep. Um, give, me, give me a medium question. All right, your medium question. What are Lionel Hutz's aliases in this episode? I feel so stupid. I'm no, I, I'm Miguel Sanchez, I think. I don't remember. Is that it? Yeah, man. I, I can't. Okay. Uh, you've got one of them. It's Miguel Sanchez and Dr. Nguyen Van Falk. That's how they pronounce it. I think it's supposed to be Dr. Dr. Wynn Van Falk. Yeah, that's, that's the proper. I, don't, I got one of them. Can I get a good point? I mean, it's early in the season. I guess I can give you a point for Miguel Sanchez since he says like 800 times. Pity. That's my my best friend, Matt. Uh-huh. Your hard this question. I'll take it any time. There's nothing wrong with pity. Your hard question. What is the program for Springfield Elementary's upcoming concert? Program. Uh, program. What, are the, what songs are they going to play? Hmm. Oh, I like that noise. That's a good one. Yeah, I don't remember there even. I have no clue. Like I don't even remember there being anything about the Springfield Elementary 
uh, orchestra in this. Well, Lisa's in music class when she sees right. Nelson uh, uh, serving. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serving and sees him out the window, and that's what gets her attention. She, uh, and she laughs, and then she gets the word tromboner. Yeah. Uh, and the program is on the chalkboard. And oh, and uh, Mr. Largos says he doesn't read out the program, but he does say if there is an if there's an encore, we will play we'll reprise pop, pop goes. We'll reprise pop goes the weasel. So the, yeah. the the three songs are Mary had a little lamb, Pop goes the weasel, and Jimmy crack corn with a, a, a reprise of Pop goes the weasel if necessary. Wow. Okay, and of course there will be an encore. There's always. For children's concerts, there's always uh, an encore because the parents are, of course, going to applaud. What? Like, they're going to, that's it always, like, you could just plan on it. I could always, when, I mean, when I was in high school orchestra, you could always plan on there being an encore because the parents are always like, yeah, my kids, I love them. Like, I, I want to see them do this thing more and more. I just want to go home, guys. Like, I've been, I've been out, I've been playing the cello for an hour. Can I just stop? I just, I'm tired. Right. I, I hate these clothes. Can I say that? I hate uh, these clothes. What's my hard question, then? Your hard question, what is the total amount Marge is forced to pay in restitution? Something ridiculous because of the price of those antique cans. Um, I'll say total amount $10,005. You're very close, actually. It is $2,050. Okay. That's not... I, my number is not close to that. your number, Matt. I don't... I appreciate... It's not, but you got the kind of idea that it's like a <laughs> large several thousand dollars and then a tiny amount for the cans. Thank you for your pity. I appreciate your your. I'm not getting any points for it, but I don't get any points for your. You said I was close though. Uh, yeah, not close enough. For oh, points. <laughs> I'm fine. It's fine because I have a lead. <laughs> Matt's pity. That's what he will pay for feeling feelings. Feeling sorry for me, it will pay. <laughs> I have a one point lead, four to three after three episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. With that, we can move on to our last segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling lists of every episode ever and how good they are. Okay, I, okay Matt. This episode's it's good until that like two that almost two minute scene where like. They ignore everything else that happens in the episode just to get Nelson out of the house. Yeah. And that is, it's very bad. <laughs> Two minutes of the otherwise good episode. It is. That's just. So what's, okay, I'll, I'll start with a comparison here. Is this better or worse than last week's episode, All's Fair and Oven War? I think overall this episode is better. Um, I had some very structural issues with that episode that i think this episode gets around um and honestly without that little wrap-up at the end uh with nelson's family i think this is actually a a pretty darn good episode because you've got all the characters acting like themselves you have conflict that makes sense with the characters being themselves and all their plots inter interweave so that it makes sense that they would be going in and out of each other's stories. So it's not like, oh, the Lisa plot is completely separate from anyone else. Or the Bart plot means he's not available for the main plot. And I, I know how hard that is to do in a story is to make all your stories uh, touch each other in ways that make sense. So honestly, I, I think it's definitely better than last week's episode. Uh, how much better? I That's a tougher one. Well, right above also. OK, so it's better. I think I agree with you marginally better than all last week's episode i think it's funnier mm -hmm. 
Also, in Love and War is pretty funny. I laughed at that, and I laughed at this a lot. This episode has more emotional depth, I would say, from the, than last week's episode. Oh, for sure. Um, and I, but I don't think there's any. I, I don't think there's any. That that's my issue, Matt. Is like, how do you weigh that scene with Nelson and his dad and his mom re- reconciling at the drop of a hat with circus yeah. freaks? Yeah, like that is worse than anything in All's Fair and Love and War. There's nothing in All's Fair and Love and War that I think is 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 worse than that scene. Maybe it's a byproduct of the Scully years, but at this point, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? A bad third act is... It's not even a bad third act. It's not that much of a detriment to me anymore. It's not that bad of a third act. It's a bad scene in the third act. It's the, right. one of the But the problem is, it's the, almost the last... It's the second to last scene. It's basically the last scene of the episode, not c- counting that little bit with the family pegged on at the very end. You know, the ending matters. Endings to things matter a lot. It's what people remember. Um... I think ultimately it still is better than All's Fair Enough in War, but is it better than They Save Lisa's Brain? Which is that, that is next, right above. Mm, and that's, that's, the, that's a tough one. That's like, the I feel like episode. the two above it are, are really good because it's mom and pop art and they save Lisa's brain. And honestly, mm. I really want to like it uh, because They Save Lisa's Brain especially has a little bit of that wacky Scully years craziness, especially at the end where Stephen Hawking has a helicopter in his chair that saves Lisa. And, and quite frankly, um, that kind of thing to me is basically the offset of the, the Nelson thing at the end of this. So between the two of them, I actually think this is a little better. I would probably still put mom and pop art slightly above this though. This is it better than they save Lisa's brain? I think so. Yes. Hmm. It's tricky. So I'm not sure I agree with you. And you're right. The, the helicopter bit with, uh, this is the, the helicopter bit is kind of it's kind of it's pretty wacky. I don't mind it necessarily because it still delivers a message. You know, Stephen Hawking is still is there to say like, well, you know, just because people are smart doesn't make them perfect. You know, and you can't. You know, I think that's an important part of Lisa's character. Um, it's really close, kind of torn. Yeah, I would just make I would just t- have ties, but ties are boring. We're not gonna have a tie. Yeah. Um. Was there a is there a beat? Was they said the boudoir? We t- we discussed this. Homer's boudoir yes. photos are the the B plot for they save Lisa's brain. Okay, Matt, what are you going to say if I say that sleeping with the enemy is better or is not is is worse than they save Lisa's brain? I disagree with you. Basically, I'm going to say that I think a lot of the wackiness that surrounds the whole Mensa thing um, is just. It's funny, but it's uncharacteristically wacky. Like all the changes that Mensa makes to Springfield are kind of interesting, but they're just a little too out there for me. Uh, the B plot is fine. I don't really care about the boudoir shoot whatsoever. Um, you don't care. And you get to see Homer, uh, you know, <laughs> model in his underwear. You don't like that? Uh, that would be a detraction, if anything. Uh, oh, it's not. You know, it's positive, you know, Homer It's doing it for Marge. It's positive masculinity. He's trying to show off for his wife. That's true. That's true. Um, so, yeah, honestly, I I just think it is a more coherent plot in this episode, uh, and it's more true to the characters. They say Lisa's brain is pretty much a Lisa episode about Lisa interacting with something strange happening, whereas this episode is more you have an internal conflict among people. And honestly, it just it hits better for me. So we're just going to forget about the fact that Nelson's dad is was in a... Well, like I said, when it comes to comparing these two, I put 
Stephen Hawking with a helicopter saving Lisa from a gazebo collapse offsets Nelson's dad at the circus. Okay, Matt. I just wanted you to defend your position because I agree with you. Um, I think it is better than they save Lisa's brain. I think the Nelson character stuff puts it above it, frankly, because we don't really get all those Mensa guys, Mensa people. We don't really get any character from them. They are just stereotypes of smart people opinions, which, you know, I am fine with people poking fun of that, but it's not really deep. You know, it's just jokes. Um, and this has jokes and it has really good character stuff. If a little sad, but we are more forgiving of that than a lot of people. I think, I think we are totally fine with sad sadness in our Simpsons. So it's fine. If it's, you know, a little too real at times, I think that's fine for us. Yeah. Which is what this episode, it can feel with, especially the Lisa and Nelson stuff, both. It is both like, like, Oh, that's upsetting. Um, However, Matt, we, we still have one more question to answer before we can go. Ooh. And that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! So, sleeping with the enemy, is this... Here's the question, Matt, but we never see Nelson's dad ever again. How can this episode be part of the cannon? I mean... <sighs> That is a good point, actually. I was just going to say, this episode is really good in terms of its characterization of Nelson, Marge, Bart, Lisa, even Homer. But you're right, if, if maybe maybe Nelson's dad go out, goes out for cigarettes again and gets caught up in something else, and that's why we never see him again. I'm I'm mostly just messing with you. Uh, I, yes, I think it's a part of our canon. I think I, I consider it. It's worthy. It does meaningful things with characters in it. Um, I think it can become an important part of that. Of like, I don't. That scene is bothersome, and it if it, that scene was something else, something more eloquent, um, it probably would be. It this would be fifty episodes higher, maybe. It'd be. It might be break the top one hundred. It's possible. Um, mm-hmm. But that scene's there. But I still think it's part of the canon. And you're right. I think Nelson's dad just goes to get cigarettes again, and I mean, we you can explain it away ten thousand different ways. Um, but that's part of the canon forever permanently of course will never never be changed and we can go up to the top of the list and work as we're working our way back down through the best episode ever list determining what it, what is and is not canonical our next episode is number 24 on the list Matt it is Raging Abe Simpson his grumbling grandson and the curse of the flying hellfish that stays so hard I would track you down and fight you if you tried to say it wasn't part of it how old is grandpa I mean at this point <laughs> as old as necessary to be a world war ii vet so like 100 something like that yeah okay 110 i mean he's in world war one that there's episodes of grandpa as like a child in world war one mm-hmm. pretty sure they are I, I believe there was a news item when the last world war one veteran passed i believe so as well yeah, yeah. i don't think there's any left um so how old is grandpa <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, we don't have to worry about that. Yes, it's part of the canon. It's part of the Simpsons canon. I don't. It doesn't matter how old Grandpa is. Grandpa was old enough at the time for it to make sense. Um, it's a fantastic episode. Flying hellfish. It makes Homer. It makes Homer. It makes Grandpa look like a badass. It is, uh, you know, interesting and compelling, exciting. Even it's a fun adventure story. It homages a lot of those World War Two stories and World War Two movies. Um, that were certainly important to the writers at the time. It's great. Yeah. Nothing fired out of the cannon this week. We're keeping um, it all. Keeping it all for now. Um, our next episode, Matt, 
She used to be my girl. Ooh. So what this is this is close. I've never seen this episode. I'm not sure that I have. I mean, I've obviously seen it at one point or another, but I don't remember anything about it. It's Chloe. Kim Cattrall guest stars as Marge's old friend from high school, Chloe, who is successful. And Lisa, Chloe invites Lisa to a UN women's conference. And Marge is jealous and chaos. Hijinks ensue. Interesting. I guess. I don't remember. I've never seen this. I don't think I've ever. This is completely new to me. So we'll see how it goes. You got two pretty good episodes in in a row, you know. For, that's true for that's, that's a start for the post golden years it's absolutely like it feels good like i'm pretty happy frankly that we've gotten this without misery what happened and this is the same production run as season as season 15 like what is going on like what do they they just go like well we need the good episodes for season 16 start to start so we get people tricked is that what they did i think so yes okay okay it's good enough. Uh, you can find this list on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. Find links to all our stuff, our Twitter, our RSS feed, and our Patreon. If you want to help us out, help support the show, help pay for hosting, get some extra bonus content along the way, we'd really appreciate you. Love all our patrons. Um, you can find me, before we go, you can find me online on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. Uh, you follow me there. My website is RobbieDorman.com, which includes links to all my other podcasts, which is the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. The Zero Finesse. It's about a bunch of nerdy stuff. And our newest, my newest podcast, Cartoon Graveyard, where I and me and my co-hosts, we watch old, dead, crazy, crazy cartoons from the 80s and 90s and decide if we ever reboot them or not. Um, you can also find links there to purchase my horror novels. My newest novel, War on Halloween, is a, a fun halloween story about a family fighting for halloween in a town controlled by a sinister reverend with secret occult powers you can read it for free with kindle unlimited find it on amazon it's a great halloween story if you're looking for something spooky to read around halloween it's perfect go read it's it so spooky don't no i don't i don't endorse that you're right it's generally scary it's I, not spooky. i don't i'm not i don't use the words i'm not gonna use the word spooky to try and sell my book um matt does not participate in social media you will not find him uh that is true uh however uh, I'm at this point going to say go listen to Robbie's new podcast uh, because the latest one was about the Mighty Ducks cartoon, which I thought I might have dreamed up and I have not listened to it yet, but uh, I'm going to have to because I swear that was a fever dream I had, but maybe not. Maybe it was real. How do you feel about quack attacks? man? I'm all about the quack attacks. Then you're going to you, then you'll love it because that's there's lots of quack attack. Alien going. ducks. They're not aliens. Really? I thought they were aliens. Different dimension. I don't oh, know. If, right. I don't know. I don't know if that counts as an alien. They're, but they live on a. They speak English. They live on a planet that has hockey, and is functionally the same to ours, except they're ducks, and it's all about hockey. But it's also they're also freedom. Like it's a mess. It's a crazy. It's not even. Frankly, the problem is not uh, my duck show is not that bad for all the stuff we've watched so far. Um, I thought it'd be good. It's. Mm, pretty good. That might be too much, though. I will not. Okay. okay. That's. It's a, it is a crazy, crazy show. Um, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And I keep watching this as a... Shh.